you go into your shower feeling tired. But as soon as you reach for the Irish Spring, your day immediately gets better. That crisp, fresh, unmistakable Irish Spring scent zings your brain and awakens your senses. So when you finally emerge from the shower 37 minutes later, because you pay the water bill so you can stay in there as long as you want, you're ready to take on the day and smell great doing it. Irish Spring Body Wash and Bar Soap. Fresh, green, Irish. Shop now at a store near you. Getting ready to take on spring? Make your first move with the reliable performance and power of steel battery tools. From hedge trimmers and mowers to string trimmers and more, right now you can save $50 on select battery tool sets. Real steel. Offer valid on select AK system sets through June 16, 2024. See participating retailer for details. Open a limited-time 11-month certificate at Kemba Financial Credit Union. At 5.25% APY, it's more than triple the national average, plus it's a safe and secure way to grow your money. Visit your local branch or kemba.org slash cd for details. Offer expires May 31st, 2024. APY equals annual percentage yield. Restrictions apply. $500 minimum and $250,000 maximum deposit. Advantage status required. Comparison based on bank rate average. Federally insured by NCUA. The Around the NFL Podcast would like to teach the world to sing. Welcome back to another edition of the Around the NFL Podcast. My name is Dan Hansis, and I am joined by a room filled with heroes, Mark Sessler, Chris Wessling, and Greg Rosenthal. What is up, boys? Hey, Dan. I think we'd like to go on the Don Draper-esque road trip that preceded him coming up with that ad. Mm. But instead... We are in the whirlwind. We're in training camp. I mean, don't you kind of feel like it? You got some bruises from two-a-days this week, a lot of podcasts, a lot of writing. It's like your little fun time is over. You've been sh- Why are you looking specifically shocked. at I know. That's very ominous. Well, I don't know. <laughs> I've got a lot of responsibilities in and out of the office, and you're dropping a hammer on me. I don't well, know. I'm just know. saying I think it's been a, a big it's back-to-work type of week. Well, it's true. What about uh, old Rosie over on my right wearing his hot professor glasses? What's that about? <laughs> What's up, Bob Costas? How am, I, how am I supposed to focus? My, uh, yeah, my eye was bugging me a little bit this morning. Uh, I like to mix it up now and then, you know. I can do the, I can do the professor look. Do you feel like people take you more seriously when you wear glasses? No one takes me seriously anytime. <laughs> oh, uh, Greg, don't you're the boss. You that's not true. You're in charge of a lot of people's futures and fates. <laughs> um, yeah. So we are back. Our third show of the week. Very exciting. Um, you know, Wes. I know you're you're a very busy man. Not only are you. You're working with us on this new stuff. You're working on another high-octane long form. Mm. Uh, you have some big interviews coming up. You've been a busy man. I've interviewed several people. Carl Mock, who uh, played for the Oilers and was an offensive line coach for probably 20 years, was hilarious yesterday. He was uh, – Well, tease what you're working on. It's it's uh, Love You Blue. It's about the late 70s Houston Oilers who, to my knowledge, no other professional team in any sport has ever been welcomed home from a loss – Mm. Uh, by 50 or 60,000 fans. And Dan Pastorini estimated 1979, 300,000 fans between who was lining the highways, who greeted them at the airport, and who was there at the Astrodome. And this was after back-to-back AFC championship losses to the Steelers. Two years in a row, the entire city turned out to greet them. So Wes has covered two AFC Central teams of old, the Bengals and the Oilers. The Browns have to be next, right? Well, I figured that would be your long-form debut. <laughs> oh, no, no. I'm waiting for Wes to gush about the Browns in 8,000 words. <laughs> well, it'll probably be something many, about the 
pre-1964 Browns. How many uh, How many thousands of people are outside the stadium after Johnny Manziel's starting debut last season? <laughs> well, ah! a ton showed up after the fumble. There was like Read him at the airport. 17 Absolutely people throwing empty beer cans at him. Um, all right, that'll all right. be fun. All right, so keep an eye out for that West piece. It's going to come out sometime in 2018, I believe. It's going to come out sometime <laughs> soon, whenever I get around to writing it. All right, good. Well, that's important, a part of it. Uh, we have a very nice show today. We're very excited. Um, we have a lot to get to. Uh, a lot of news. Training camps are are they all open now? We're all open. We're all in business now, right? No. You know, Come on, get to work. Who's not working at this point? Ziak show up tomorrow? I believe. Scratch him off. Anybody that is not reported to camp yet, scratch him out of contention in the NFL. Well, it's actually they're not allowed to come in until two weeks Semantics. before the preseason <laughs> game starts. All right. Well, then I take oh, that is back. That, how they do that is how they do So it, the Steelers man. and Vikings have the opening game? Exactly. Wow. That makes all, all the together. sense in the world. <laughs> <laughs> so, yes, we will get into all the stuff that's cooking in camps right now. Uh, we will uh, – I don't know if – I played soccer in high school. Not really um, something I'm proud of. I, I wish I would have played football. Uh, don't, but Don't beat yourself up about that. Yeah. I would have made fun uh, The beautiful game is a nice game, and our overseas listeners love uh, football and soccer, so I'm not ashamed of it. But the Oklahoma drill is something I never took part in. But we're going to, on some level, take part in the Oklahoma drill where we're going to – uh, we're going to take veteran players. Now stay with us here. We're going to take some veteran players who are on the roster bubble in camp and then put them up against each other and decide who survives. Pretty, I don't know. It could be a fun segment. Pretty intense. It's dastardly. I mean, it's almost like uh, <laughs> the Roman gladiators or anything. Something. You know, we're basically killing off a man's career. Was this segment outlawed in the 2011 CBA? <laughs> I don't know. <laughs> Did they get that's They got rid of the Oklahoma No, they, drill? they can still do it. They still do it. Really? You did it, Wes, in high school, right? I mean, I played soccer. I'm like Dan. I played I, soccer. In I'm the school. only one that played high school football here, and I was awful. I mean, if I could have gotten on a team, you guys, you, you two could have. I'm Greg, sure they got rid of Greg Oklahoma too? drill in high school, too. Does that count? Greg was a tennis star. I'm <laughs> sure they got rid of the uh, Oklahoma drill. You can't even play dodgeball anymore in our country's schools. But anyway. Soccer players. Whatever. We're going to also hit up the mailbag. We did a, a call out to you guys, and, and you, you definitely uh, you did not disappoint us uh, we might have a little surprise at the end of the show that's all I'm going to say a little tease there but before we do any of that you got to check in behind the glass he is the man he's the myth he's the legend he is youngish Kobe and also worn down from a crazy training camp but what's up guys oh he yeah. doing you gonna make it we're making it man me yeah. uh, Sean and and Wid and uh, Sully you know and uh, Brandon you know we're I making think it. this week has taken a few years off of young Kobe's <laughs> life yeah you could tell you could <laughs> see it in his eyes well, he can relax we in did. Texas this weekend and, you know, or whatever. Pull back, pull back the curtain a little bit. You know, we got a little tense before the show started. Uh, did. Which is becoming a normal thing. T t yeah, this is a stressful time as we launch this Now product where we're co you know, making the podcast also video. So, Tita, you're doing your best, and I think that's going to be good enough ultimately. We're all in the same Maybe. team here, guys. Even like the Oklahoma Drill guys, they're all in the same team. Okay, let's do that's some us. That was good. That was a good way to put a button on it. All right, gentlemen, where else could we start but with Greg's favorite team, the New England Patriots, and, and the latest news of Tom Brady and the Tom Brady Deflategate saga is the NFLPA and Brady have filed a suit to vacate their suspension in federal court. Uh, this happened on Wednesday. They filed the suit against the NFL in Minnesota, asking Minnesota federal court for penalties against Brady to be vacated. Uh, the NFLPA announced Tuesday that they would be filing their appeal. Shortly thereafter, a judge ordered that the suit would not be held in Minnesota, which would be seem uh, 
and Greg, you know the legal specifics of this. You went to Tulane and studied law. Uh, that it <laughs> would not be more player-friendly. Pro-Brady. You were Minnesota, on mock debate, though. Pro-Brady. High school. It's yeah. true. Uh, but it's been moved back to New York, which is pro-league, uh, according to people that know. Uh, so that's what's going on right now. The case continues, and it's official. It, right now it's paperwork, and it's funny to me to hear some people react to these sort of news like someone just you know scored a touchdown and or they're just making, oh, wow, big score for the NFL. It's going back <laughs> to New York. You should see this this footnote in the brief of the from the Minnesota court because it really slams the unit. It's like, all right, just wake me up when we know something because no one knows anything. Well, I did like the response. The judge basically was like, listen, let's get down to it. There's not one shred of a reason that this case should take <laughs> Place in Minnesota. What are you were, doing here? Because it has been favorable in the past for the league. Right. That's why they that, the for the union, and that's why they filed there. It, it might be good for Dan and I because we had a sandwich bet yesterday where our proposition, a proposition where we are propositioning that the that Brady's suspension will be upheld. Where you you offered that that it won't. This is probably better for us that it's in New York. Out of Tom Bradyville, Minnesota. There's a million X factors, and the league hasn't been winning in court very often. And then there's this whole injunction thing. He has to file for an injunction that would allow him to play, you know, while this goes through. And that's a whole separate thing. Get get excited. I'm I'm certainly excited. Uh, On the field, the practice uh, the practice field where the Patriots started their prep officially for the 20. 15th season, the defense of their Super Bowl title. Let's not forget that, Greg. I know you haven't. Uh, where Tom Brady took all first-team reps over Jimmy Garoppolo. I guess you could make the argument, well, technically right now he's not starting, so maybe we'll get Jimmy in there. But for now, Brady is the guy. And, of course, Belichick was tight-lipped when reporters uh, tried to talk to him about it. And he said, uh, we only look at it today. We don't look in the future. So Brady is the first-team guy. And uh, one other bit of information from that practice, the Jets – uh, or Jets fans, I should say, from a Jets fan site, uh, flew a banner over Patriots practice uh, with the message, Cheaters Look Up, which I thought, you know, a nice burn by my team. <laughs> so they basically, Desperate. Jets fans have the yeah. you know, sense of humor of a six-year-old. I'm sorry, you know, like, we, all we talk about is how serious everyone's taking this and why, you know, we can get back to football. This like, is like lighthearted. Basically like losers. Fly that banner loser over. Loser says what? Not only the sense of humor of a six-year-old, but really the attention span and memory of a six-year-old. <laughs> Jets fans have forgot their own cheating. Oh, what? wow. What did Jets do? Well, you got you tampered with uh, Darrell Rivas, then signed him. Oh, please. That's- tampered with Michael Crabtree, which I'm reading from an old Pro what? Football Talk article. Before Michael Crabtree signed as a rookie, it took so long because the Jets were tampering with that process. Ooh. And this article has Greg Rosenthal's name on it, but he assures me he did not write it. I didn't. There was a mix-up in the whole uh, PFT mainframe. PFT is a, a shady lot of, enterprise. This is clearly enterprise. a Florio post. A lot of Florio posts now have my name on it. This ended up going away because, quote, it's in the best interest of the league for the tampering allegations to go away. And it was. <laughs> and the fact that this is all happening only a few weeks after the Jets were busted for cheating on the injury report. Mm. I like Wes's yeah. new like Wes's new role as league Got mandated me. snitch and whistleblower is out hey. to every everyone that ever cheated ever. Wes is going to call them to the carpet at this point. Jay. Why not? If everyone's going to call the Patriots cheaters, and everybody's trying to shoot from behind bulletproof glass when they have their own skeletons in the so your statement, Wes, is that the, everything the Patriots doing Jets that's all the same level, all that stuff. I'm saying the Jets are cheaters too. 
Well, right. that's what I'm it, saying. It's it's arguably the same level as the deflating footballs. Yes. Well, yeah, it's called I, relativism, I, yeah. so everyone's right because everyone cheated. Nothing matters. That's no, I'm saying that making a ball easy to throw, which is the purpose of the sport, is probably not that offensive to me. There, there isn't. There is one positive with the Jets. You know, f- you know, the fans flying the cheaters. I mean, it does make it fun to think about the Patriots going on the road this year, and everyone's yeah, going to hate them, and it brings – the Jets-Patriots rivalry the last few years has kind of fallen off. And all that stuff gets a little more heated it's, and excited and emotional. Yeah, the Jets-Pats rivalry has gone all the way back to when Curtis Martin uh, came to the Jets from New England, and it's stayed that intermittently over the past 20 years. It's heated up. Well, ho- hopefully this gets hot again. That How do you fun. feel about your best defensive player driving 143 miles an hour with a 12-year-old in the car? Ooh, that's also illegal. Sheldon Richardson. That, you know, he had to get somewhere. He had to be somewhere. <laughs> All right, moving on. Let's uh, talk about the Dallas Cowboys. You know, their backfield situation is uh, by far the most, the biggest news right now out of Big D. Uh, Darren McFadden, who who they signed, they thought he'll, he'll be the big bounce back guy, and perhaps he will be, but he's already dealing with hamstring issues. Greg, it was just yesterday we were talking about, or earlier this week, is he more known for being crappy now or being injured all the time? Well, he's injured. He's got a hamstring injury starting on the pup list. So Darren McFadden out of the picture right well, now. Well, I wish... We could, if I had thought about it, I would roll back footage from way back on Monday. Remember that when we played nope. "What's More Likely"? If I thought ahead <laughs> of time, and we'd we'd play your chumps answers, where you said it's more likely that Darren McFadden practices every day of training camp than it was Sam Bradford. Oh, right. I would, well, he didn't even make it to day one. I would double down on this and still say that. Sam Bradford will miss more practice time than Darren McFadden. Well, I didn't say that. I said, which is more likely? Right now, Sam Bradford is 0 for 0. That's 100% in my book. <laughs> um, so, yeah. So, Darren McFadden had a picture, which gives Joseph Randall an even clearer path to the number one job. It just so happens that Jerry Jones, the Cowboys owner, spoke out about how much he admires and uh, views the potential of Joseph Randall. He had this to say uh, today. We have a player that has the potential – and we base that on not on what he did at Oklahoma State or how we drafted him, but by literally being a teammate around here for the last two years. But he has the potential to be the kind of back that would step in there and be your number one back. That's what I've been I, talking about. All right. But I think if you, if you look at what everyone said, because he goes on to say this is clearly a committee approach. Offensive coordinator Scott Linehan oh, said in June, clearly a committee. I think you have to look at this. It's not going to be Joseph Randall. And running the ball the entire game, it's absolutely a committee approach. I don't even care who starts the game. The thing that really stuck out to me in this setup, and granted, it's probably just that Jones is realizing, oh, yeah, Darren McFadden's hurt again. Like, this is our guy. we got to ride with him. Is right after he talks up Randall as a number one back, he says, oh, and I think Darren McFadden could be useful in a situation. As long as you limit his carries, he could help with some big plays, making it clear that they see him kind of as a backup type of guy. He said – Limit his carries? He he said as long as you have him in the right The right role. number okay, of carries. And the, right, the right number of carries. carries and the right opportunity, not limit. And he talked about wanting to use Dunbar too. And the co- offensive coordinator has said repeatedly that it could be a different back each week that leads the way with carries. I don't think we know the answer yet. I mean, uh, he well, said McFadden does have some potential too. I mean, it's it was not even like August was, yet. Let's, 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 I, let's, I, I, I agree. Let's, I agree. Let's, I'll throw DeMarco Murray last season, 392 carries, 1845, and 13 touchdowns. Is there any way that the Randall-McFadden combo sniffed that type of production as a pairing? I think they're going to throw the ball more than they did last year, no matter what. If they get close, maybe, but not because one has some breakout season. I think Randall and McFadden are going to leave a lot of meat on that bone. 
Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Callback. <laughs> All right, moving on. So Junior Gallette, we talked about him uh, earlier this week. He was uh, released by the Saints after a magnificent uh, wipeout with that team after signing a, a big extension. We wondered if he's going to get any work. We don't know if he's going to get signed, but it's a good sign for Junior Gallette. He visited the Redskins on Thursday. Um, according to NFL Media's Albert Breer, team source says Gallette will take a physical and meet with team officials. Uh, so, Wes, I'll start with you here. Uh, Junior Gallette, obviously a talent. We talked about that on Monday. Do you think uh, the Redskins, a team that needs all the talent they can get, uh, can take a shot on a guy like this or should? I'm shocked by this. Uh, we talked about this the other day. I didn't think any team would show interest in him. It just goes to show Greg's point. As long as you have talent, every other question about morals or anything else is just thrown out the window. This guy has been a problem for two or three years and, frankly, doesn't seem like he's sane. So, But <laughs> well, it's your question. They've drafted, guys, they've drafted guys early in the last couple of years to play outside linebacker. I think they should give those guys a shot, not Junior Gallet. And I think they're, it says that maybe they feel that there is still a need there. But I look at also their GM, and I talked about him yesterday, Scott McLuhan, who has been bounced out of the league for his own ups and downs mm. and maybe sees things a little bit differently than the next guy when it comes to giving someone a second chance. That said, what we learned about Gallet post-release is crazy. Well, you know what's crazy is even since we, I think, last taped, another thing came out about Gallet. It's on team TMZ, and he just can't stay out of the news right now. But Albert Breer was the one who broke this story, and he indicated uh, it would be a surprise, I believe, if Gallet doesn't wind up signing with the Redskins. They're going to give him a physical. They're going to meet with the team. And as long as when they sit down face-to-face, they determine – He's sane enough, and maybe maybe he won't be. Then then I think they're going to sign him. There's something about Greg's glasses too that when he speaks, it seems it just comes out better. It seems like you're more uh, articulate. It's you're just a smarter man with the glasses. Maybe I'll just start doing it every day. It's noticeable. That's difference. what it takes. If that's what it. Am takes. I the only one that's noticing? No, no, it's, like Greg it's, is it's, on point. It's, right uh, now? it's genuine, and I can see it. I think Wes can see it too. I have noticed my wife looks at me in a little different way. I think the right you know glasses on the right man at the right time. Mm, <laughs> yummy. Oh, by the way, Wes, good news. RG3 is back in the mix. Check it out. My focus now is to not worry about the past and uh, to focus on the future. And uh, the future started, you know, today uh, in the walkthrough. And having a baby girl now uh, made it really tough to leave to come to training camp. But right now it's time for daddy to go to work. Time for Daddy to go to work. Was he excited? I don't understand. There's some kind of production meeting that I was supposed to be angry about this, and I don't. I don't get it. <laughs> well, anytime RG3 says something silly, you get angry. No, that's fine. I don't have any problem with what he said. No, I have a problem with, <laughs> as LeBron told RG3 last year, make the main thing the main thing. Stop worrying about social media. Stop throwing your teammates under the bus. Be a better quarterback, RG3. All right. I, don't I, have, a, I have a problem with his comprehension of time. Saying that the future started today. The future inherently would be the next day. He said it actually the be. future started at the walkthrough practice, which was completed. I mean, at the well, isn't Let's 30 seconds right. from Let's now get the this future? Right. By the way, this is all a way to talk about the best quote of the offseason from RG3. <laughs> and we'll resurface it here. Uh, this is from June's offseason camp. Coach Mike, Cl- strength coach Mike Clark's done a great job with us in the weight room, and then Coach Jay's done a great job taking care of us out of the practice field. Some people like to call this the grind. You can call it the find. Because you figure out what you got, and I think we've got some good stuff. Ow! Hashtag movement. 
Rise Everything's got to be a movement with this guy. Hashtag rise and find. All right, moving forward. All right, Wes, this is something you'll be interested. You weren't interested in talking about that last. <laughs> Keep segment. T and Wes up on the false anger. <laughs> uh, Wes, this time maybe we'll get you on this one. All right, get him, um, get him talking about the wire on. on by the way, back. that'll get that <laughs> real anger. Lest anybody, lest anybody think that Wes is never being legitimate. He would not even play along with the segment. He will torpedo it if he must <laughs> to prove that that is not genuinely how he feels. So Wes keeps it real against all odds. Marvin Lewis says he'll walk away from the Bengals if they win a Super Bowl. Uh, this, of course, the Cincinnati Bengals, who aren't known for many, winning Super Bowls or winning playoff games recently. Uh, here's the quote. I want to hand Mike the trophy, referring to Mike Brown, the owner, uh, and then just walk away, Wes. And Paul Doherty of the Cincinnati Inquirer, who was at this function, added that Marvin Lewis was not joking around about walking off into the sunset. If he wins, he's gone. Mm. And frankly, it would be the first first playoff win in 25 years, the longest streak of basically failure in the NFL. Wes and I have a lot of Bengal angst going on between between the two of us, but I don't buy a word of this because – no, because listen, you win a Super Bowl. A, you're so you're a coach that doesn't want to take on the challenge of repeating and showing that you can do it again. Love that. That's a great quality. Secondly, <laughs> you finally might get actual money from the Bengals if you win a Super Bowl, or if you leave the Bengals, someone else is going to offer you a big bunch of cash. Now you're know, telling me his career is going to be over. He's know, not even that old. He's going to walk away from football. You're so angry. Well, because it seems <laughs> absurd to me. Well, uh, now we know what Mark's hot take would have been after uh, Bill Parcells. This is the same guy that told me at the annual meeting straight face that Andy Dalton was his best chance to win a Super Bowl. So you know what? I'm not buying anything coming out of this guy's mouth. Forget forget (laughs) waiting to win a Super Bowl to walk away and retire. I think if if, uh, Marvin Lewis can get that – you know, wild card victory at home against the, you know, upstart Buffalo Bills. He might retire right then. Maybe not <laughs> Let, even go to the divisional way, route. That would be the ultimate. Don't bury the lead here. Marvin Lewis is in considerable danger right now because Mark is going to kill him. <laughs> I am not. I just think it's like, it, well, I mean, my goodness, guy, just we go do got, it. Just go do it. Once enough a month, once a month, we get the point or the finger wag from Mark. <laughs> finger and wag. I did not see it coming on this story, this particular, yeah. particular conversation. I'm just annoyed with this team and this coach. Here's an interesting <laughs> little tidbit from this story. Since the 1970 merger, only two coaches in the NFL have gone 12 straight years without a Super Bowl appearance for the same organization, Marvin Lewis and Chuck Knoll. Mm-hmm. Chuck Knoll had four Super Bowls in his pocket before then. Marvin Lewis shares the worst playoff record in NFL history. Mm. But, but don't forget what Solly Wilcots told me during the pain rankings. He raised the Titanic, Marvin Lewis did. Because he well, has brought them more this, success. Look right. at Wes, who carries around a binder with him because he couldn't bear to root for the team. And now they're losing in the playoffs, but they go into the playoffs every single year. And that's an achievement. It's, I know nobody wants is, to give him that credit, but it is. It's kind of like the starting pitcher where they say, oh, he's got to be pretty good to lose 15 games. Or, like, he, you've got to be pretty good to last 12 years to not make the playoffs for all 12 and, but, years. And, Mark, let or me just have say, a comatose we own. can't have it both ways, by the way. You can't bury Marvin Lewis and then spend all season burying Andy Dalton. If Marvin Lewis has a bad quarterback and he's getting in the playoffs every year, he's doing something He's got a right. serviceable quarterback and an excellent roster. Well, as Hugh Jackson recently said, they're a different kind of la- laughing stock now. Not the embarrassment mm. to the entire league, just kind of well it's I funny that every, yeah. Ju- and every January they lose. All right, let's move on. Oklahoma drill time. Mark, you were the only one that played football. Tell us about your most memorable Oklahoma drill exper- experience. I remember this directly, actually. It was in 1989 – and they would line up si- similar size players. So it was another small, smallish cornerback type like myself. And he rolled me. 
And then he got up and he goes, I'm Eric Metcalf. And I was like, well, number Whoa. one, I'm a Browns fan and you better sit down. And they put us back in the, in the road next time around. This is the best football hit I ever had. Mauled him. Just left him on the ground. And the position this coach is- was like, that's how you do it. But then it never happened again. I never materialized into a serviceable player. This and never is why we're putting it on video. If, if anyone can someday watch the little shimmy that Mark did while imitating the I'm Eric Metcalf. No, it's like, don't tell me that you're Eric Metcalf. Especially because he's a small returner, not the guy who's going to be winning. I just can't believe there were two Eric Metcalf fans in suburban Connecticut. All right. I'm going to throw out the first, <laughs> first Oklahoma drill lineup. So this was from a, an article I did 15 uh, Years ago, who could be surprise potential cuts? So they're kind of surprised. Uh, and I threw Vernon Davis in there. Uh, I heard a little whisper from someone uh, at the NFL media group whisper. that uh, Vernon Davis was on the cutting block. That the 49ers were planning, tr- going to try to sign Julius Thomas. They were going to cut Vernon Davis. So that shows that they weren't necessarily happy with him. They didn't get to sign Thomas, but maybe he's not safe. Either Vernon Davis or Riley Cooper battling oh. for the number four receiver spot in Philadelphia. Who stays? Vernon Davis is one of the 49ers' only realistic chances of having a nice season this year. If he returns to the form, I'm sure they see that. And, Wes, in your piece you did about Gore uh, last week, I remember watching the video of Vernon Davis making that incredible play that got wiped out by penalty. But it reminded me that this guy can still move and he can still play. I know they see that, even though he might be a a pain in the ass or whatever. I would think they want to hold on to him unless he's a complete headache. And and you know, I don't know if he's a they said he looked faster at OTAs. Yeah, I don't see why. They, and Riley Cooper, he was dead last in PFF's rankings this past year, and he was one of the worst wide receivers in football. So I would think he has. A, and they just drafted a, hot, a wide receiver. You've got Nelson State. Aguilar. You've got Jordan Matthews. Josh Huff. You've got a good young tight end. Riley Cooper is not a need That's in a Philadelphia. No what are you? What, if you well, if I didn't you, make up these matchups. There's well, what is it? Vance McDonald becomes your playmaking tight end in San Francisco from now for the next until end of. I'm time? not Marvin. Lewis, Mark, stop yelling at me. I think they both stay, but <laughs> Riley Cooper, is, as Dan mentioned, I, uh, the only wide receiver who played worse than him last year was Reggie Wayne. Mm. I mean, Gosh. he was terrible last year. I don't think they cut him, but, you know, like Mark said, you've got Josh Huff, you've got Jordy Nelson, or uh, Jordan Matthews, yeah. Nelson Aguilar. Miles Austin. If, if Riley, well, that's not really sweetening the well, pot. Well, I'm just saying if Cooper is not their number in the top three receivers coming out of camp. He doesn't play special you, teams. You can get cut. And if you think about these two guys in a real Oklahoma drill, it's not too hard to. Figure Part of the out problem is you cut, you cut the in, in Davis. You that position group becomes nothing. You but, know what you got here? What? Curse of tw- five for twenty-five. Ooh, Riley Cooper, mm. my favorite, my favorite sports curse. The Danny Tartable curse. Five yep. five years, twenty-five million dollar contracts never work out. Unless you're Steve Kerr, who won an NBA title. Oh, it just threw well, the they whole do work out, out for the person. And Mike Tannenbaum signed into that deal. All right, next up, I'll throw one out there. Here we go. Matt Castle mm. or RG3 in the Oklahoma drill. Our old friend, rise and grind, because you learn when you grind and then you find RG3, <laughs> whatever the hell he said. <laughs> uh, who has a better chance to, uh, you know, battle and win? I don't know what we're doing. This seems, I think this is where we're talking about RG3 because he's a nice topic, but this is absolutely easy. Castle, according to multiple beat writers, looked like the worst quarterback of a bad quarterback group. And a lot of those guys doing their roster projections don't even have him making the team. RG3 has the owner's buy-in. If anything is going, it's Jay Gruden who's going. They've already picked up his option for next year. 
Well, that's not guaranteed, but $4 million of this year's salary is guaranteed, and that's why it's really hard to imagine RG3 getting cut. But I did have someone – I did – you know, I was doing some research for this one, and people threw it out there that it wouldn't be that crazy if RG3 had a tough training camp. I think it would be more likely to get traded than cut. Wouldn't it, like, require, so wouldn't it require the coach to win a battle with the owner to make that happen? I was going to say more like Matt Kelso versus Jay Gruden. Take, yeah, take right. RG3's picture there you out, go. put up Jay Gruden. By the way – some of you know we sometimes we get too close to because we cover this game, uh, league 365 days a year. If he had a bad off season program, I mean, what do you have? Seven bad practices, Who, like Castle. Castle. So you're right to write him off before training camps even start. We've got starts. like 12 years of game tape, dude. Dan, well, Dan we're ah, filling time here. Wait, wait that's I was going to say. I mean, again, we can't use the double standard here because he, people keep citing the Patriots going 11 and five with Matt Castle, but now you can't say he's always been garbage. He could play a little bit. There's been times in his career. 2006? Yeah, it's maybe 2008. Ago. 2008. Maybe they should sign LaDainian Tomlinson, too. He played well in Minnesota. <laughs> 2010 with the Chiefs, but that's really the last time. He did this not play well Matt in Flynn. Minnesota. Uh, he's had some moments of sustained He's better than Matt Flynn just because his arm actually functions. All right, Wes, you're up. All right. You've got two running backs here. One's old, one's young. Uh, Fred Jackson, 34 years old. They've got LaShawn McCoy. You've got Booby Dixon. You've got Bryce Brown. Fred Jackson versus Trent Richardson, and you guys actually have something invested here. Isn't there oh, a sandwich on the Mark line? And I, uh, Mark and I, way back, this is early in the offseason, wagered. I said that this is before Tr- Richardson even signed with the Raiders. I said he'd never play another snap in the NFL, and he signed with the Raiders. And, Mark, you were excited, rightfully so. Uh, and I said, I'm still not worried because when he gets to camp, he's going to blow it because he can't play anymore. And, Mark, I'll let you have the honors. What was the report that well, came out? Well, I San I, Chronicle this morning. Yeah, I screen captured this and sent it to Dan and said, what kind of sandwich do you want? Because they said that the experiment, in quotes, is not going so well. Oh, yeah. So I think it's chomp, if, chomp, chomp. if they ever cut him and he decided it's over, I'm going to go be a movie star instead. I don't and, know if you know, that's going to Well, happen. you know, something else that was yeah. equally unsuccessful. I'm going to go T-Rich here. Because I think that Fred Jackson sticks around in Buffalo. I think Rex Ryan likes his veterans. And if anyone's gone, I think it's Bryce Brown. That was another coaching staff that brought him in. And he just seems like the odd man out because they have a rookie I think they're going to keep around. Well, Doug Whaley is the one who traded a fourth-round pick for Bryce Brown, general manager. He's still there, so he might be invested. Yeah, and Brown's done nothing. So People True. around the Bills believe that Fred Jackson is going to stay and the ownership stepped in to help keep him there. But he is older. And if you have, you can't kill Fred Jackson. He's Rasputin. No, I know. I think it's definitely T. Rich. Fantasy guys have been writing him off for seven years now. I just didn't think it'd be the craziest thing ever if he got cut. TD behind the glass. He's a team leader too. I got myself a little bit of a uh, Sessler. Uh oh. Yeah. Oh yeah. How do we not have the Sessler ready to rip? It's one of our favorite drops. TD, are we not allowed to use that anymore? We don't do drops. All right. I'll do it. <laughs> Doesn't have the same effect. Concerning. They're both gone. Mm. They're both wow. cut. Not nice. I don't want it to happen. I like Fred Jackson, especially 34 years old, loaded backfield. Rex likes him. He'll be a, a, one of the last cuts. And if it was on hard knocks, it would have been heartbreaking. And T. Rich sucks. But since it's not on television, it's not heartbreaking. No, not. It's not nearly as heartbreaking. Finally, who has a gun? All right, I'll go. It's uh, basically a good old cornerback battle. Ow. The sexiest one for last. Brandon Carr of the Cowboys, 29 years old, and Leon Hall, 30 years old of the Bengals. Now, Brandon Carr was noticeably a disaster at times last season, but I. I, I'm thinking he might be the one who wins this battle because they said they're working on restructuring his deal. 
So he's going to make less money, but it sounds like they, there's some effort to keep him around. Leon Hall might be the odd man out in Cincy this time around. I think if they were going to cut Brandon Carr for money, they would have done it by now. He's already survived till now, so he's probably safe. Leon Hall, they've talked about moving him to safety. They've got recent first-round picks in Drake Kirkpatrick and Darquez Dennard that they want to put in there. Pac-Man Jones is still around. I think Leon Hall is more likely to be cut than, mm. than Brandon Carr. I think with, with most of these guys, not including Trent Richardson, but definitely with Hall and Carr, they are more likely to stay with the team. We're looking for potential guys that could get cut. You know, you never know if the rest of the Dallas secondary has a great camp and then the team keeps coming to Carr. They're trying to get him to take less money because he is paid like a superstar. Too you, much. You know Jerry Jones doesn't want to give up anyone that could help him in a year like this. Leon Hall, on the other hand, he needs to be starting because he is paid like one of the top cornerbacks. Almost $8 million. Well, no, yeah, Carr's getting 8 and Hall's getting 7.7. And Hall's got come out. He's had two torn Achilles. He's on the wrong side of 30. He seems like the type of guy that could be cut at the end of camp. A uh, yeah, couple Achilles tendon surgeries. Drake Kirkpatrick's coming on a little bit. Darquez Denard is a guy they took in the first round, so those guys are looking for more playing time. All right, the Oklahoma drill's over. Ow! How did you like that segment? I thought it was or, fun. It was good. You seemed to be a little suspicious of it before we taped it. Uh, well, yeah, because then I was like, well, what would happen if they actually battled? Like if Vernon Davis went against Riley Cooper, which I actually could kind of see happening, uh, who would win that fight? I think Riley would be in trouble. T. Rich versus Fred Jackson. T. Rich wouldn't oh, even Fred make Jackson's it. Fred Jackson's got too much heart. Yeah. T. Yeah. Rich wouldn't even make it to the ring. He'd be busy doing something else. Brandon Carr versus Leon Hall. Carr seems like he would be a guy who'd be a guy you'd want on your side in a fight. Hall would run right by him. Matt Castle versus RG3. <laughs> uh, no, RG3. RG3 would quit or something. Quarterbacks don't fight. Rise yeah, grind. that's a boring Trying to find your way to shine, and that's how you learn who you are. But you can't tweet and fight at the same time. No. All right. Final, let's move on. Well, not final. we got a lot to get to. Big show today. Let's hit up the mailbag. We all like to hit the mailbag, so uh, we uh, we went through it. We culled. We culled our way through. Is that does that work? Do we do we? You culled all the did, tweets. Did you cull the culled tweet? our way through? Yeah, it just you culled. That the works. Tweets? I think people know what you mean. What? Some people. Anyway, so I've let, never culled. I'll start this one. All right, Wes, get it going. From at, well, from Jamie Wilson, whose Twitter handle is just his name backwards. I'm not about to try to pronounce that. All right. Do the Broncos have the highest ceiling, lowest floor? I.e., they could either win the Super Bowl or have a top ten pick, draft pick, next year. That's a good question. I like that one. Uh, I would think the Broncos were, would be the yes would, to me the most obvious because Peyton Manning everything hinges on Peyton. So I'd put them at the top of the list. That's a great. What do you question. guys think? I like I, that. I, I might look at the Dallas Cowboys because Ooh. if everything goes right, they're right at the door in the NFC. Think about right back to where they got last year. But if everything goes wrong, there there's a lot of weaknesses on that team on the defense especially, and I I wonder if the floor could could fall out. I picked a couple of. AFC East teams, the Bills and the Jets, also have high ceilings and low floors just because of their quarterback situation. But they both have a lot more talent this year than they had last year. But I think the right answer is the Broncos. Yeah, and I and you could even lump in the Dolphins there uh, to me. But their ceilings, none of those teams to me, their ceilings are as high or as low as the Broncos is, you know. As, mu- as much as the Broncos have lost this year, that is still one of the most talented teams in the league. I don't know about low, the low but floor. But if Manning's for the arm doesn't cooperate, I could see I, them definitely getting a top ten pick. Brock Osweiler farting his way to uh, well, it would require like rating. that what second is, season where Favre was farting. in Minnesota. Well, it's just a figure of speech. Oh, okay. Oh. I don't think he would actually have gas. It would just be he would perform poorly. Oh, okay. What about the Giants? 
Yeah. They've shown that's they can win Super Bowls that's with true. a nine and seven record, and then also Eli never gets hurt. They've got the talent on offense. That that makes he's sense. not going to fall off. How about a cliff. the Saints? You get some spags magic. Saints, Saints, are, Saints, Saints are Detroit perfect. Lions. Because any team with Drew Brees has a chance to win the Super Bowl. I believe I we've named talent. every team in the we, NFL. We've got about 17 DMs. Which tells you a lot about it. But right. I think, question, Jamie. That's I think Jamie question. nailed it, though. I think the Broncos are the answer. And, Wes, you wanted to know how to pronounce Jamie's name backwards. It's Nasli Wamaji. <laughs> Fascinating. Yeah. All right, next up. <laughs> also, God bless you. Yeah. This is from Dale, at Dale Urfer, I-F-U-R. What is the Eagles' record this year if Sam Bradford starts 16 games and plays to his potential? One thing I want to say, I don't know if are we all on the same page of what Sam Bradford's potential is. I, I'm not sure, but I guess he's a top 12 quarterback, maybe in the back end of the top 12 or something. I guess in, in Philadelphia, his potential might be the guy who is the last quarterback to make the Pro Bowl or something like that. Or he's a he's a Pro Bowl replacement, something like okay, that. Okay, so very Feels good right. quarterback. 12 and 4 is my answer. I'll go wow. 11 and 5 because they, what, they went, were they 10 and 6 last year? 10 yep. and 6, so yeah. how about 11 and 5? They can if they have an offense or a quarterback that's humming uh, and playing at a really high level, they can blow through the league. They I'm can go thirteen not, and three. Yeah, I mean, they can put up thirty eight points a game with, with Chip Kelly. I expect their backfield to be much better this year, and their defensive secondary to be much better this year. Their their defense to me is a boomer bust type of defense. I'm going to go twelve and four too. I mean, I like the Eagles every year. I pick them to win. The but let's just East. make it clear: going to keep happening. We're not predicting these records. This is in a best case scenario with their quarterback. We're just position. answering a question. Answering the question. All right, here we go. Scott Lowry from the UK, baby. Here he says, what were your first game First game you went to, first Super Bowl you watched, first players you loved, first kiss? No, not first kiss. Feel free to add others. Maybe just pick one. Pick one. From his list there. Wes, you go first. First Super Bowl I watched was the Bengals 49ers. I think it was Super Bowl 16. Uh, I was probably like seven years old. I remember the Who Day cheer started in Cincinnati that, that year, and there's a brewery in Cincinnati called Hudipal Brewery. And they ah. and everybody called it a Hootie. So Hootie made a Who Day beer. So you would see all these orange and black beers called Who Days, and they were sponsored by Hootie. So I remember all that going on, and the Bengals should have won the game. I believe they had four turnovers, and there was a big fourth, big first or first and goal stand that they couldn't uh, they couldn't convert the fourth down. Ran four times in a row and couldn't get in the end zone. You know, Mark, nostalgia is a powerful drug. Well, I was told by TD that nostalgia is my thing. I don't even know what that means, <laughs> but. It kind of, yeah. I, could, I think he actually, I the mean. exact quote was, nostalgia is your <laughs> That's what he said. Oh. <laughs> um, but my, my first game that I went to was October 2nd, 1988. It was the Jets hosting the Kansas City Chiefs, and this was a fitting game for, for it to be my first game ever. It was in a driving rainstorm and a, a late kickoff. My dad took me. I was obviously very excited about it. In a downpour of the game, the Jets uh, blew a late lead in the fourth quarter and then blew two golden scoring opportunities in overtime. Freeman McNeil had a fumble like inside the 20, I believe, mm. when they were in field goal range. Final score, 17-17, mm. the last tie in Jets history. My Mine was just like your Jets thing started typically. My throne of ease started even back when the Patriots stunk. First game I ever went to, Doug Flutie takes an end around around the corner against the Colts to win one of their only wins all year and get it, get a victory for the Patriots. Well, we're, we're running out of time here. First kiss, seventh grade movie theater, Robin Herman romancing the stone, I believe. Was that wasn't movie. even part of the question. Well, it, said feel free, it said feel free to add others. Oh, That's okay. what I just, just did. just wanted to jump, jump in there. All right. We got limited time. That was good. All right. Your turn, Greg. All right. Let's uh, – 
We've looked into the past. I'm going into the future because that's my thing, Mark. I don't know if you knew that. What will the NFL look like in 25 years? This is from Ben Krellen. Will there be no helmets, no extra points, more than 32 teams, international teams? What's Hmm. the future of the NFL going to be in 2040? There's laser beams involved. (laughs) Okay. Uh, there are. Um, Let's group source this. Yeah, there's silver uh, jumpsuits <laughs> with maybe just the logo over the chest, and everyone's on discs. This uh, question reminds me of an article I remember from the Sports Illustrated's old College and Pro Spectacular football previews. Mm, great. From great, like 1983 or 84, someone asked, there was an article, what would the NFL look mm. like in the year 2000? It look like Odell Beckham. Every player would be that talented. You know, they got a few things wrong that Greg would like to have seen by now, like. Mm. Uh, Kind of like lasers on the goal line to figure out if the ball. Right. They thought there would be a computer chip in the ball. These Stupid. things haven't happened yet. Stupid. What they did the get past. right, the uniforms would be a lot more streamlined. The shoulder pads would be practically non-existent, and the padding in the legs would be a lot less. They got all of this right. I mean, we're basically saying how much has the game changed from 1990 to today? A lot. From now to then. And yes, and Greg and I debated this downstairs. I mean, sadly, I think around 2038, massive cataclysmic event. Apocalyptic downfall oh, takes no. down America. There is no football. It's gone. <laughs> wow. I should have seen that coming. I'm always I'm always upset with myself that I don't see Mark sending it down a dark human humanity I'm just, crater. I'm just glad you didn't have like all thirty two starting quarterbacks get their you know, torn ACLs on the same day to start the season in twenty. No, Greg, it was actually torn patellers, much harder to come back from. Well, look, you asked for an honest answer. The earth is wiped clean by that point. Wow. More scoring, less, you know, less tackling, some international teams for sure, or at least one international team. What you've just said makes me reevaluate my life. Greg, I'm going to have to quit. <laughs> if we're all going to be wiped out, I'm going to have to start doing some other things with me. I want to keep long writing time, 23 years. I want to keep writing low octane posts about hamstring strains. So I'm staying right here, Greg. Don't stay worry focused. Stay in your lane. my spot. So all right. You're my MVP. Let's hit the um, <laughs> let's hit a little uh, lightning round if you will. We'll hit a few more questions. This one from Anthony Phillips at Phillips underscore Anthon, which is what be Anthony if you took out the Y. He'd be known as Anthon. Which pro- all right. Which producer survives the longest on a tropical island? TD, Sully, Gold Standard, or the Irishman, Brandon McGinnis? I, because I have Irish heritage, I could tell you right away, Brandon's done. The sun would destroy him, his skin. It's too translucent. He's dead within a week. So Brandon's out. Sorry, buddy. Because of the skin. That's all. I'm going Sully because, you know, he knows how to fish. Uh, he's we know a, that for a fact. He's got a dark side. I think he, he could. He literally it. came to shirt uh, to work yesterday in a Fisher shirt. Fisher I'm, shirt. I'm going TD on this one. Okay. I've seen some workout videos he's posted on social media. <laughs> this guy's in, in excellent shape. He's going to survive. He's got a pretty hot body, but it is also a little weird that he's posting workout videos. Do you think you'd able Look, to handle not, it in the wild? I've, that's why I've never brought it up before because it's a little uncomfortable. Yeah. That he would be posting workout videos on social media. That you're but. watching on repeat. <laughs> I'm going I, I mean gold standard love gold standard but I'm, I've got to go TD because he's currently producing the show you've got to build ally look at that Mark yeah, right. Right? for you the MVP That's you know. the most desperate MVP grab yet there Mark well that would be absurd if I don't go TD and I'm hearing about that for the next three months let's be political what's let's the difference smart. between the speed round and the rest of them I don't know let's nothing. keep moving I feel like gold standard could be pretty resourceful he's, he's the underdog he's resourceful uh, McGinnis is really pissed at me, by the way, behind the glass. Next up from Frank <laughs> Richwalski. Oh, yeah. Frankie. Uh, 
Mark, uh, Wes, can you share a fond memory of being being a Bengals fan in your youth? And can you do it quickly? Uh, my dad. That would be – I lost my dad a couple of years ago. He was not a fan of the ownership in Cincinnati, which might surprise you guys. Uh, <laughs> but he was a big fan of Rodney Holman, their tight end. He could. He tried not to get excited for games, but every time he saw Rodney Holman catch the ball and just run over six or seven guys, he kind of get up and give a fist pump or something. And he raised seven That's sons, so he, des- he deserved a little bit more winning than he got. The he fo- did. Football was the release for the old man. All right, next up, Big J Powski at Gigam Nation. Uh, Greg, this one's really for you. Please, can we have an update on the hashtag on to London campaign? Well, you know, I'm going to put this on a shadowy league figure. He knows who he is listening out there. He's He said we're, we're going, so I'm going to hold him to that. I haven't seen any documents about it. I think we're going to go two by two by two. Kevin Patrick like Noah's Ark? and Connor Orr uh, will also go, and so we'll try to hit up each game. How about that? Really? Hmm. That's well, I think like when a play. shadowy league figure says this is going to happen, it's going to happen. Yeah, now it's on. Now it's on. Right. Wait, Still. so does, it mean, does that mean it's a done deal? That sounds that he way. He said it's happening. So we're all going, but we're going to go in different shifts. Yeah, we'll go two, two to oh, the Oh, that sounds You fun. get to go to the Jets game. Oh, that's very exciting. All right, uh, we got to get the pub set up for that. Uh, next up, this is from our friend Neil Dutton at ndutton13. Uh, the old Zeuser, Quiet Storm, the boss and the mailman. What's the worst nickname you've ever had? Uh, Mark, you had one for that. <laughs> Uh, yeah, I went through middle school with Cesspool, Ooh. based off my last name. Also, Cecil B. DeMille, a little bit better than Cesspool. Mm-hmm. Wes, anything? North American Gap-Tooth Weasel. <laughs> wow. Whoa. <laughs> That's heavy. That's Unfair. Uh, I've been called that by my high school buddies, and they still bring it up every once in a while. I, I, it's now endearing. I don't know if it was at first. Uh, I had Stein uh, in high school a lot just because they were amazed that a Jewish kid lived among a bunch of Irish Catholics, so. That was just that. That was a bad one. <laughs> um, I have a, a dear friend of mine, Brian, who, when we lived in Hollywood together, he would call me the spider pig. <laughs> well, that's sticking. Yeah, well, that was the type Wait, of... you've been looking for a nickname. Wait, that's better one. than the old Zeuser. Yeah. Spider Maybe. pig. Spider pig. We might pig. have a winner. We might have a winner. Um, and finally, uh, this one comes from downstairs, David Ely. Um, mm. He is our long time now. Uh, editor, he r- kind of runs the desk. Uh, this is his question: um, Who is Drake and who is Meek Mill in the Lashawn McCoy Chip Kelly feud? Now, I know that this really a lot of people in this room right now don't know about any of these names, or even if they are names. I know all about. I I saw the feud as it first came out. All right, all right, classes. Well, just I got Ely actually <laughs> from upstairs. Ooh. He's gonna he just put on the mic. He's behind the glass to he explain it to the to the forty-something crowd. Hey, this Ely, how are you? And don't be nervous, buddy. I'm not nervous. This okay. is the big spot. You've big been news. talking about this for months. Can I finally get on the podcast? And today's your day, buddy. A little, By the way, a little pull back the curtain moment. One other time Ely was supposed to be on the show. This was about a couple of years ago. <laughs> and he actually was in the studio, and we started taping. And then the face of the network, Rich Eisen, uh, had to come in, and, and he superseded us. And we were just kicked out of the studio. And two years <laughs> later, Ely finally makes it back. How does it feel? I like to think it's worth the wait. Yeah. All right. So can you explain to Wes and Mark, are you aware of this feud? I would like an explanation. I'm not being insulting. I'm just saying you might No, not no, know. no. It's not on my radar. I'm aware that a feud involving Drake exists. Oh, wow. Good for you. All right. Go ahead. Dave. All right. Well, Wes, this first started kind of out of the blue last week. Meek Mill randomly tweeted out, stop comparing me to Drake too. He don't write his own raps. Mm. Now, this apparently Shade. was in response to the fact that Drake 
never tweeted out the release of Meek Mill's new album. Mm. And mm. then Meek Mill revealed that in his mind that Drake on a featured track had someone ghostwrite his own verse, oh. which is a big Wait, no-no. You can't do that. No. So yeah, I agree with that. Meek Mill puts Drake on blast. Drake's silent for a few days because why is Drake going to go stoop down to Meek Mill's level? And then over the weekend, he hits out, I'm charged up, which was a, kind of a more of a slow, melancholy Mm. Drake put that out. Yes, it was diss track. But the sing- the the art was Joe Carter being hoisted. No, up. no, there's two diss tracks. Oh well, sorry. So first off was I'm charged up, which yeah. again was a slow burn, and then four days pass, and then this is where really Drake just owned it. He went up back to back with the Joe Carter one, and he just <laughs> lit into Meek Mill, right. called him out. Wow. TV's right. never had more fun on this podcast. So Loves now it. you're you're caught up, and now the question is. Who is Drake? So you think that Drake won this battle, this Oh, hands this, down. This he, called, he's, he basically said Nicki Minaj better get that prenup before she marries Meek Mill. And that's, that's De- some shade mm. as well. Meek Mill, of course, with I know who Nicki the Minaj pop star. Um, who is Drake and who is Meek Mill in the LaShawn McCoy-Chip Kelly feud? Wes. I, like, five seconds into Ely's explanation, I started thinking of a 25-year-old British girl I met over the weekend, and you just lost me the rest of the way. I don't even know what the explanation <laughs> West is. Wes glazed over. I would lo- rather hear Greg, who claims to be very deeply woven into this controversy, your take, because I don't have a hot take necessarily. Well, I, I think Chip Kelly is ultimately is ultimately Drake, because he's coming out looking, looking better Yes, off. that's the correct and, answer. And it, and it reminds me of uh, my favorite diss track of all time, a long-lost one, Second Round KO by Cannabis. On LL Cool J, and people listening out there know exactly what I was talking about. Yeah, well, everyone, everyone thought he was going to have a great career after that, but it was, it was just kind of like a one a one hit. Under well, the old format, we could sample that right now. I would say, yeah, I would say, I think you're referring to. He said, "99 percent of your fans are in high heels." Yes, and that was part of LL it. LL Cool J came back and said, "99 percent of your fans don't exist," Ooh. which was a pretty good return. <laughs> wow. By the LL way, LL Cool J maybe didn't get killed there after the jerk store called. One thing Dan set this up with Ely, and there was a tweet we got a week ago where someone said, "Because we mentioned Ely's rather wanting uh, Tinder game." And someone was like, I like this Ely guy. I want to hear more from him. So we were giving the fans what they want right here. Good job, Dan. Do you have a girlfriend, Ely? No, I do not. All right. Ladies. You will someday. He's single. At David Ely. David that? underscore Ely. David <laughs> underscore See, that's Ely. why. What are you doing with an <laughs> underscore? Ladies. He's single. All right. Um, by the way, I, I had teased the surprise. Dave, you could stay on. Actually, no, you got to give up the headset. Sorry, buddy. Thank you, David. Uh, no problem. <laughs> Thank you. We love you. I was going to have you on. Thank but you, man. We couldn't. And Wes doesn't want to change his wire over, so you can't be on the show anymore. <laughs> Wes gets the ratings up, not me. So it's Look, fine. okay. It, I would love for my wire to be visible and not to worry about it. So <laughs> don't put it on me. Every year it is something. Last year it was the hat. Remember when Wes went nuts about having to take his hat off? This year it's the wire, the battle of the no, wire. No, the wire's been there from the beginning. Oh, that's true too. All right. Uh, I teased a surprise. I was thinking of, you know, maybe Connor Orr getting him on the air, but I guess it's not happening, Greg. It is not. We've had some, you know, breaking news that he's attending to. Sheldon Richardson, as uh, Wes alluded to, uh, charged with the resisting arrest. So, Connor Orr is oh, I thought that was a joke, getting, getting Wes. that story right now. <laughs> oh, oh <That's> Sheldon. <laughs> so, Jerk. He's busy doing his journal thing. That's not good. All right. Well, maybe next week we'll bring back. Oh, are you kidding me? Um, so that's it. Finally, before we go, usually, uh, TD, you have to remind us about the MVP. And Well, first of all, I just got to say that I, I didn't know we could talk hip-hop on the show. I know me and Greg have gone back and forth a couple of times, you know. <laughs> I mean, if we're talking, if we want to talk 
diss tracks. We can do that all day. But you know, that's a different podcast. We could. It's the, we have the theology podcast set up. We had uh, another podcast. Can't remember it. The diss track podcast is also yeah. on. It'll track. naturally come up in our conversation. Maybe a mailbag in about three and a half more years. So just be Four ready years. when that happens. <laughs> ready to rock. And then I, you're, you can go. All right. So anyway, I'm. That was good though. A little hip hop talk. I know we were a little. We leaned a little alternative rocky with our one hit wonder of the '90s thing. So. Keeping it real. All right. All right, guys. Before we end the show, you know what time it is. Podcast MVP. And today's winner is my main man, my brother from another, Mr. Mark Sester. Whoa! What? Hey, this is first time ever. This is this is it, man. You know, he came with it. Good show. Before the show, like you said, Dan said it was it was it was kinda hot and heavy in here. And uh but Mark was the only one who was holding it down, so Well deserved. Thank you. By the was way, this because he blatantly pandered to you? Blatant pandering. Well, listen, I don't care off. how I get it. Maybe. It, it's fine. It, what, this it's, is I an told interesting move by TD. It it might be subverting his own segment that he, he right. and he's, it, ta- he's taken out the one redeeming bit I, of the whole segment. I have to tell you, TD, I never came out against your podcast, uh, against your MVP segment because Neither did I thought I. it was you know, kind of added an edge when you never gave it to Sessler. You remove that, which segs nicely to something I want to bring up for the listeners and to TD. I've started a poll um, <laughs> on a website. It's The question asks, should we continue TD's MVP segment? <laughs> and uh, once we tweet this out, we're going to send it out. We're going to have the listeners decide, TD, whether the, whether the MVP segment continues. Your thoughts? Uh, a little behind-the-scenes fact, the reason Mark won it, because I feel like this might be the last one we did. Oh! oh! I feel bad because... Do you have a mole? Do you? Do you? That's not cool. I have sources. That's all. Wow. I, so this was just a ruse. I feel uh, bad because can, I voted uh, no on that sources. poll. He, he had no sources. Not. What did you guys vote? I just voted a flat out no, and now I'm wondering if I did the right I thing. Abstained I abstained. You could be about to reel off six in a row. I'm not saying what I voted, but there were some yes. I will voted. send out the poll, by the way. Let's see what the listeners think. Maybe, TD, if it's a 90% yes, you'll be swayed to continue it, although you've ruined any dramatic element by giving. Right, Jim and Sessler Pam have now gotten debate. together. Thank you. Yeah. So anyway, that's it um, uh, for today's edition of the Around the NFL podcast. We will be back with three shows next week. Every week now, right? Monday, Wednesday, Friday. Monday, Wednesday, Friday. For the rest of training camp. Till next June. And uh, till next June. And it goes on and on and on and on. So signing off for the quiet storm, (laughs) the mailman, (laughs) Field Zeuser, the boss, and TD behind the glass. Till next week. You go into your shower feeling tired, but as soon as you reach for the Irish spring, your day immediately gets better. That crisp, fresh, unmistakable Irish Spring scent zings your brain and awakens your senses. So when you finally emerge from the shower 37 minutes later because you pay the water bill so you can stay in there as long as you want, you're ready to take on the day. And smell great doing it. Irish Spring Body Wash and Bar Soap. Fresh, green, Irish. Shop now at a store near you. Getting ready to take on spring? Make your first move with the reliable performance and power of steel battery tools. From hedge trimmers and mowers to string trimmers and more, right now you can save $50 on select battery tool sets. Real steel. Offer valid on select AK system sets through June 16, 2024. See participating retailer for details. 
If a new house is on your wish list in the next five years, grow your savings faster and experience your dreams with an Ohio Homebuyer Plus account from Kemba Financial Credit Union, a savings account specifically designed to save for a new home where you can earn 7% APY, a $500 matching bonus, and a $1,500 mortgage closing cost credit. Learn more at Kemba.org. Offer expires March 31st, 2025. APY equals annual percentage yield. Restrictions apply. NMLS 292230. Equal housing lender. Federally insured by NCUA. 